Welcome to the Average Joe Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, which is your source for information for the average Jiu-Jitsu hobbyist or competitor at any age or lifestyle. Remember to please share, like, comment, and subscribe so you can so you do not miss any episodes. This is episode 20, again, with Josh Setlich. Joshua uh, visited us on uh, in episode six. We had a great conversation. Uh, if you haven't listened to it already, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it. There's a ton of good information in it. Uh, I listened to it again, actually, yesterday, and I started taking notes again. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I that sort of slipped my mind or I, I had forgotten about, but they were great points, and they're going to go right back into my program. Uh, if you're not familiar with Josh, Josh is the BGJ strength coach. Uh, he's helping grappling athletes win more matches and get injured less. And he has a great uh, YouTube channel uh, called the BGJ Strength Coach. And we're here today to talk about uh, his new uh, uh, internet service, which is uh, the Strength Matrix. Uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast again. Thanks for coming in and uh, talking to me. And how are you doing today? Thanks for having me, Craig. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this uh, ever since the last time. Uh, I was on the podcast. We said we would definitely do this again. And even uh, anytime we have a chance to chat over Instagram or or, uh, email back and forth, it's always a pleasure. So I'm glad we're actually able to do it on Zoom this time. Awesome. Yeah, it is. It's always fun to talk to you. Uh, You know, we talk a lot on uh, Instagram and what have you, and we've kept in touch the whole time and uh, it's been good. And I'm always, I'm always impressed by the amount of information you put out. You put out a lot of good content. Um, and you know, your Instagram is awesome. Your, your YouTube channel is really good. It's inspirational. Uh, I always want to go, tra- uh, go train super training every time I watch it. Uh, anyway, I'm always like, damn, I wish I was closer to like Roseville or Sacramento. Uh, yeah, we have, we have a pretty good, uh, pretty good squad in the morning, uh, at super training gym, which, uh, keeps things interesting and fun makes for good YouTube content. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, especially like one thing I, 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 I really jealous about is the fact that you guys get to pull sleds indoors as opposed to yeah. out in the cold. I have to do it out in the cold. And it's like, I'll admit that sometimes I'm a pussy and I don't want to do it. And I just skip it because I don't want to go out in the cold. Um, but uh, that's that's my personal problem. So what is the Strength Matrix? You're, you, have, you have a new program coming out, the Strength Matri- uh, Matrix, which is uh, an internet service and is dropping on January 1st of this year, of 2022. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely, man. So the strength matrix has been something that um, has really been what I needed when I wrestled in in high school and what I needed those first couple of years of doing jujitsu. And um, at least the time that I got started in wrestling, there were a few people in the industry that were great resources for strength and conditioning material for grappling athletes. Um, But I was so young at the time that I was, I loved learning about strength and conditioning and I loved learning about training programs and mesocycles and, you know, rate of force development and all that stuff. But none of my teammates, they, they could not care less about any of those things. And when they would try to start finding ways to get stronger or improve their conditioning, they would go online and they'd find a lot of traditional football programs. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about wrestling, it is Mm -hmm. definitely nothing like football. So, and that led a lot, led to a lot of issues. Um, with myself and a lot of the, my teammates is that we just didn't have a good resource for strength and conditioning. We didn't have a good resource for training programs that understood the demands of what it's like to be a wrestling athlete. And, you know, same thing when I first started jujitsu, there weren't a lot of great resources out there that I could constantly look to as like, okay, this training program was designed 
by someone who actually understands what it's like to wrestle five, six days a week. Mm -hmm. They actually understand what it's like to be in one of those high intensity pressure cooker wrestling rooms. And on the other end, this, you know, program was written by someone who actually understands what's important in jujitsu and also understands that there's a million different body types that will allow you to be successful in jujitsu. There's a lot of different games that mm. will allow you to be successful in jujitsu. And so as I started kind of working my way through wrestling and starting jujitsu and really diving into my love for strength and conditioning, I realized that I was quickly becoming a resource to all of my training partners to help them out and being able to get stronger so that they could win more matches and get injured less. Mm -hmm. And so after the last four years of running my company, Settlet Strength, I'm so thankful that now I'm in a place where I've been able to compile a lot of that information and design these really well-constructed elite level training programs for jujitsu and wrestling athletes. So that way they can just pull open their phone. They don't need to worry about it being written by some guy that doesn't know what a two point takedown is. That doesn't know mm -hmm. what a guard pass is. It's written by someone who understands the sport, who understands the needs of the athlete and is able to effectively program sound strength and conditioning uh, training programs for them. That's going to allow them to be successful on the mat while still getting stronger, still improving their conditioning, uh, making sure their mobility is intact so they can decrease injury while not taken away from any of their mat time. And as mm -hmm. someone who's been in the game, as long as yourself, Craig, I know that you understand this as well. Mm -hmm. There's so many great powerlifting and bodybuilding. And, you know, I kind of dogged on football a little bit, mm -hmm. but there's some great football strength and conditioning training programs, mm -hmm. but sometimes those training programs, because they're not specifically designed for wrestling or jujitsu, they end up taken away from our ability to perform well on the mat, whether you're a wrestling athlete or a jujitsu athlete. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, that is the last nail in the coffin and your performance is going to suffer. So my goal in designing the strength matrix was to create the, the one-stop shop for no BS training resources for strength and conditioning or for jujitsu and wrestling athletes from a strength and conditioning perspective. That way they can follow these training programs. They can follow the bracket smasher program when they're prepping for competition. If they're in an off season, they can follow Matt Jack and build more muscle. They can follow mm -hmm. Matt strong and improve their strength development and power output. If they want to focus on conditioning, they can hit the overtime program, which isn't going to take away from their strength development. They can follow all these various programs while still being able to go on the mat and train hard and continue making progress on the mat. So that's essentially what the strength matrix is. Mm -hmm. It's something that's been um, a labor of love for the past decade of my life as I've been experiencing and studying and researching all of these things. And over this last year, I've been working on building out the ultimate resource for grappling athletes to help them win more matches and get injured less. It sounds awesome. You know, one, one thing about the football part that popped in my head where you were saying it, and I hope everybody understands, I didn't play football. I just have an outside uh, uh, observation or or limited knowledge of it. But I think that isn't it true that football players, when they do strength training, it's an off-season activity. It's mainly like yeah. they really hit it hard in the off-season when they're not playing. And then when they do play, it's more of a maintenance, barely lifting at all kind of thing. Um, and so it really isn't the same as what will be used for BJJ. I mean, a BJJ competitor, get people that are competing a lot. Mm -hmm. That's where the conjugate method is a much better option where you're hitting all these different types of modalities all the time. So you're never really having to go through a periodization type program where you're peaking at different points of the year, et cetera. You still will peak. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know more about this than I do. And there are programs for peaking involved in what you do as well. Um, but for the general purposes and the average, you know, the average hobbyist, you know, uh, you know, average competitor, I think the, the conjugate is the way to go. 
it, it sort of hits yeah. everything all the time, you know? I, absolutely, man. And, and you've seen it too. There are guys that uh, because there's no quote unquote structured jujitsu season, mm-hmm. uh, they could literally compete every single weekend. Both mm-hmm. of us, you know, we live in uh, two different parts of California, but mm-hmm. in kind of both areas of where we live, it is so easy for anyone to compete literally every single weekend, Absolutely. 52 weeks out of the year, maybe yeah. take Christmas day off. But mm-hmm. when you have a sport that's like that, and there's no uh, limit on how much you can do, mm-hmm. that's great. But it's mm-hmm. also, it's a blessing and a curse because that means that there's a lot of systemic fatigue that accumulates. And mm-hmm. we've seen it happen, unfortunately, with some of our teammates and guys uh, that we know personally, mm-hmm where they experience that burnout or all the injuries catch up to them and mm-hmm. they it's too little too late. And now mm-hmm. they're just limited to, you know, the little bit of rolling that they can do. And so if a jujitsu athlete is able to enter the strength matrix and start to begin to understand, okay, how am I going to structure 2022? These mm-hmm. are the big competitions that I want to do. I need to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not just faster and better conditioned, but mm-hmm. I also need to make sure that I'm physically durable mm-hmm. enough. I mean, we're mm-hmm. both literally in sports that are designed to do the opposite of what the body is designed to do. We're designed right. to restrict blood flow to the brain, restrict mm-hmm. air intake, mm-hmm. uh, bend limbs in the complete opposite direction. So your mm-hmm. body needs to definitely be durable mm-hmm. to withstand all of those things. And because we don't have a structured season like football, like soccer, like mm-hmm. baseball, mm-hmm. that can get a little bit difficult sometimes. Yeah. Even in, even for guys like me, like it, it, it doesn't even have to be a competitor. I mean, you could just be a guy who trains five, six days a week, like I do. And you want to train as much as you, as you possibly can. And you, and you know what? I don't care what anybody says when people say, Oh, well, let's roll light. Nobody rolls light. That doesn't, that doesn't exist. Yeah. That does not exist. So, you know, it's like, I had a guy actually said that to me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, this just, it was a lot. It was like the last round. And he's like, Oh, come on. I'll, we'll do a light one. I said, okay, whatever. It was not light. There was nothing Oof. light about it, you know, and it never is. So, but that's just, it's just an understanding. It's like the, I always think that's like a joke, you know, let's, let's roll light. It's, it means, it means we're going to go hard as hell, you know? Yeah. But um, it has been something that, that I'll be honest that I've been trying to tell the athletes that I work with, like, mm-hmm. especially on those big open mat days and mm-hmm. now uh, during mm-hmm. the holidays, I have noticed that I see more people get injured during open mat time mm-hmm. than any other time throughout the year. So whether that's mm-hmm. uh, Memorial day, 4th of July, mm-hmm. or whether that's kind of those, all those open mats that happen back to back Thanksgiving, right. Christmas, new years. And a lot of times it's because everyone's going to that one open mat. So maybe you see some homies that you didn't, you, mm-hmm. you haven't seen in a while. Cause you guys were missing classes mm-hmm. and nobody does the structured warm up before mm-hmm. open mat. You just show mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, let's do this first one light. And maybe like 45 seconds at the very most is light. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. DEF CON 10 mm-hmm. falls to the wall training. Mm-hmm. And usually that's when the injuries start to pop up. Yeah. I mean, there, there are absolutely. And I, I will 1000% agree with you. I mean, there are people that I train with that are um, like black belts or, or, you know, even, yeah, I don't think there are any problems. Yeah, but black belts that I really enjoy training because they will actually go lighter with you and mm. they will read that or, you know, they can actually, you know, flow or whatever. And it's fun. I actually, I enjoy doing both and I really do like to be able to flow. And, and I think I have the ability to do it. Um, it's just, it's just, you don't find too many people who actually do it. You know, it's like, yeah. they just don't know how to do it. And, and so they just go hard. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. A lot of injuries that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I guess the point of what we were saying is though you, you want to find a way to do this, to keep yourself in one piece and hit all the modalities all the time, because 
there's really no season. So, um, so yeah. So like you said, like, I don't, and I don't know what a football strength and conditioning program looks like. I assume from, again, my limited knowledge, it's like the Columbine thing, like deadlifting, benching, um, sprints. I don't know what else they do, but I would think that it's different. Yeah, that, that's what you mentioned is pretty typical. Um, earlier this year, I read a really good book um, that I think you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty quick read too, but it's just jam-packed with information and it is specific to football. But um, I think the underlying principles, any athlete of any sport, field sport, mm-hmm. um, mat sport, mm-hmm. you know, any athlete could benefit from, but it's called the, uh, the Strength Coaches Handbook by okay. uh, Joe Ken. Um, if you're not familiar with Joe Ken, he is you know, Mark Bell has a famous quote where he says, all roads lead to coach house and, uh-huh. uh, coach houses. That's, uh, Joe Ken's pseudonym. He's super big, uh-huh. super freaking strong. And uh-huh. his athletes would call him coach house. He was the head strength and conditioning coach for the Carolina Panthers uh, nice. the year they won the super bowl. Uh-huh. Um, and so in his book, he kind of lays out his structure of training for his college and pro football athletes. And yeah, there's mm. a lot of deadlifting. There's a, uh, quite a few big squat days, mm. some sprinting, mm. uh, power cleans, all that good stuff. But it was just really interesting the way he laid and structured everything out. So, you know, we have conversations about programming mm. all the time. So for mm. someone like yourself, I'm sure you'd, uh, you'd dig that read. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I personally, when I, when I hear Olympic lifts, I go, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing Olympic lifts anymore. Yeah, um, but it's just I, I think Olympic lifts and at least for my purposes or what the, or the people that would probably listen to my podcast, it's just it's too technical, takes too much time to learn how to do it. It's too much risk of injury. You know, if, if you're looking to go, you know, quicker, you, you can just use like I just like doing dynamic effort, just basic yep. squat, deadlift, you know, apply, you know, plyometrics, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Olympic, Olympic lifts are cool, but not for me. I don't think that I should do them. I'm with, I'm with you there, bro. It's, it's hard to, um, they're, they're kind of on this continuum of awesome exercise, but the juice isn't always worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at these Olympic lifters, the the top Olympic lifters mm-hmm. uh, in the nation, they're super explosive. They're mm-hmm. super fast. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, looking at that, everyone thinks like, Oh, snatch and clean a jerk. That might mm-hmm. be the way to, mm-hmm. that's what every mm-hmm. athlete mm-hmm. should do. And then you ask him, it's like, well, I've been doing this since I was 10 and it took me 15 years to build up to this level of proficiency with this right. particular style of training right. and soccer athletes, jujitsu athletes, football athletes, wrestlers, mm-hmm. they don't always have that kind of time no. or that kind of energy and dedication to pull away from their sport to get good at, at cor- two lifts. Cor- correct. And, 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 you know, the lifts themselves are a sport. They are a bar- barbell sports. So they have specific lifts and specific technique and it and it's not something that is easy to learn you know uh yeah actually one of my one of my oldest daughter's friends her really good friend her brother isn't a competitive olympic lifter and i've seen really you know, yeah i've seen videos he's freaking he's a beast he's strong that's awesome um, very 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 impressive but again it's just and it's even you can even say that about powerlifting to a degree you know yeah. the, the idea that you know powerlifting is a barbell sport you know you use a straight bar you bench you squat you deadlift and you don't necessarily have to do those things to run these type of programs, you know, like, like even we talked about last time, the five major lifts that, that you recommended. I like them too, you know, like Zercher, Zercher squats, yep. and, you know, ready to have a front squat, you know, a floor press, which I've been, you know, going crazy with lately, uh, you know, Z press, you know, bent over rows. Those things are, are probably better options for a grappling athlete. You know? 
Absolutely. And, and it keeps things to me, it keeps things fresh and I don't get bored just to benching and squatting. It's boring. I've been doing it for so I'm many with years. You there, bro. I'm with you there. So many decades of that. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sick of doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so like, like I did box squats last night with my SSB bar and I'll probably do one more week of that. Maybe, maybe not. Or the next squat, I'll probably need to start doing Zerchers again. And I want to start playing around with like sumo deadlifts. I haven't done those okay. very often. Do some awesome, deficits. Man. Just some different stuff like that. I don't know. I, that's just part of it for me. It's like I lift for jiu-jitsu, but I also lift just because I enjoy it. And yeah. I want to keep it fun. And, it, and it, that's what makes it interesting to me is just switching it up. And I guess that's one of the things with the conjugate method that I like. You get to do a lot of variety. Um, so talking about the cars you get how it, it i know that we you do a three-day split and i've been using the mm-hmm. same split which is basically uh well i reversed it on accident you're supposed to do lower body max effort and upper body dynamic effort on day one i actually do that day two and then the next day would be you know the reverse of that so upper what did i say so if you're doing it your way it's lower upper it's it's dynamic no correction max effort upper dynamic lower and then a Wednesday would be, if that was on Monday, then Wednesday would be uh, max effort uh, upper and dynamic lower. And then the third day on Friday would be your accessory work, your jacket. Correct. Cover. And so I've been doing that and I actually really like it. It's working really awesome. well for me. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, it's an honest, honest, free plug. It is actually working very well for my recovery. Um, oh, that's great. So, but one thing I, I had a question about was, was, was how do you structure, do you do like a three-day wave of the same exercise or like, like the squat, like I've been doing two weeks, I've done the box squat and I've changed it slightly. Like I used a higher pad last night. Uh, the week before that, I didn't use a pad at all. I just went to the box. So do you do it that way where you change something slightly for three weeks? Or do you do like one week, it's a squat, the next week is the deadlift and then alternating? Yeah. So with that, that three-day condensed conjugate split, I've played around with a lot of different things I've done. Uh, I've ran it a couple of things, a couple of ways where I've done three weeks of essentially the same type of training session. Mm-hmm. Um, just maybe just adding a little bit more volume to a couple sets over here or, um, adding a form of accommodating resistance, uh, each week over here. Mm-hmm. So for that first time that I was running through it, it would look like max effort, uh, lower would always be some sort of squat for those three weeks. Mm-hmm. Max effort upper would always be some form of a horizontal press for those three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And that was good. Cause you know, at that time I was really trying to push my floor press up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times when I was really focused on my deadlift mm-hmm. every week was some sort of max effort hip hinge or deadlift variation. I'd run that for a few training cycles, mm-hmm. but now with the way, uh, my guys, the, the AM crew, the way we're all training is almost everybody is in comp prep. So mm-hmm. we can't just only get super good and gangster out on our squat. We have mm-hmm. to be proficient in our hip hinging movements. We mm-hmm. have to be proficient in horizontal and vertical pressing. Mm-hmm. So what we do, especially when we're prepping for competition is we still progress things in a three week pendulum wave, but we kind of alternate them so that it runs in a six week block, if you will. So kind of like how we were talking about before the podcast week, a might have Mm -hmm. max effort lower um, and max effort upper during week. A that may look like a squat movement and a horizontal pressing movement. Mm -hmm. Now week B is going to be some sort of hip hinge movement for max effort and uh, vertical press for uh, max effort upper. When we go back to week A dash 
two, run week A for the second time, we're going to go back to those variations. And the goal is to hit about a five to 10 pound PR on whatever variations those were. Mm -hmm. We'll run week A three times, alternating with week B, and then we'll rotate all those exercises out and Mm -hmm. put in new exercises. So for right now, we're actually going to be finishing up uh, next week. What we've been doing was we've been doing uh, cambered bar, parallel box squat for our big squat movement, Mm -hmm. Cadillac bar, or football bar, uh, bench press, working up to three rep maxes for both of these mm-hmm. for our horizontal press, our hip hinge movement has been block sumo deadlifts. And mm-hmm. then our vertical press has been a pin standing overhead press. Okay. Now we've done, we're going to run through all of those three times alternating each week. And then we're going to swap all those exercises out. And we're going to move into something, uh, Zercher box squat, <laughs> traditional floor press with a straight bar do uh, go back to the standard barbell Z press, and then mm. we're going to be pulling sumo deadlifts off the floor. So that's kind of how I structure the max effort work mm. within that, because it does take about six weeks to run through all those max effort variations. We have two, three week pendulum waves for the dynamic effort work. And that's going to look a little bit more traditional to what you would find on westsidebarbell.com Or if you mm. watch any of the YouTube videos that elite FDS puts out mm. on the conjugate system, mm. you know, week a, is going to be bench press. You know, I like to start out dynamic effort work with new athletes with just straight weight. They don't need Mm -hmm. bands. They don't need changes. Learn how to develop Mm -hmm. the most amount of force possible with straight Mm -hmm. weight. Mm -hmm. So we'll run that and progress that for three weeks. And then kind of in the middle of that six week Mac effort run that we're taking, we're going to add in a new dynamic effort exercise. So for the first three weeks, it was just straight bar bench press, straight weight, no accommodating resistance mm-hmm. for weeks four, five, and six, it's going to be straight bar bench press with mini red bands. So there's a little bit of accommodating resistance on there. Mm-hmm. Once we run through that again, we're going to rotate that out uh, to a new exercise every three weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's how we run the max effort in the dynamic effort work. And then on the accessory day on day three, that's going to follow something very similar to the dynamic effort work where it progresses. It has a set number of exercises that we're hitting for three weeks straight. And then we're going to rotate more exercises in, um, for weeks four, five, and six, but because they're all prepping for competition, some guys are competing right now. I just had a guy, uh, two guys actually compete at IBGF worlds. And then the week before they both competed in super fights. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks before that they were in Las Vegas competed at, um, the uh, uh, IBJJF USA nationals tournament or mm-hmm. Jitsu con tournament. Mm-hmm. So they've been competing at wow. And so based off of if it's the Friday or mm-hmm. the Thursday, mm-hmm. right before they compete, we mm-hmm. may call some audibles and make some changes to that accessory day or that jacked and tan day, mm-hmm. just to make sure that they have plenty of time to recover, to perform their best on Saturday. Nice. Okay, guys, that was an excellent, excellent breakdown of how to do it. Got to get on the strength matrix. Got to check it yes, out. Yes, sir. Obviously, Josh knows what he's talking about. There is no doubt. The only question I have, going back to the dynamic effort portion for the lower body, do you run like three weeks in a row of the deadlift and then three weeks of the squat, or do you do them both all, all, that, all six I, weeks? So I've been, I've done both, and I've had lots of success with both. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, recently, I've been alternating that in the same way we've been doing the okay. max effort alternations. Okay. Um, and the reason being is because for some of the guys, we have two guys that are still pretty new, mm-hmm. and I want them to get enough work in between hip hinging and squatting every week. So if we model it that way, one week we'll have max effort squat movement, 
but uh-huh. then when we do dynamic effort for the lower body, it's going to be a hip hinge. Hip hinge. That yeah. way they're that way they're not going mm. three weeks without doing some sort of hip hinge or three weeks without doing some sort of squat, and they lose the ability to do that movement pattern correctly. That's what I was doing. I was doing even with, even with keeping with the same like squat for the max effort for three weeks. I was doing the the deadlift for the for the dynamic effort or the nice. hinge. So, but I like the idea of alternating every other week with the lower body, and that, yeah, I like that. Um, and actually the upper body too, just between horizontal and vertical. Um, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Perfect. That made all that, that, that answered my question to the T. Awesome. Okay. I will have to reprogram some stuff. Um, so going back to the strength matrix, what, so what is it? It's a service that people sign up for and, and it's, it encompasses, there's, there's a video, people go to the website, there's a video that sort of explains the program and what's offered on it. Um, and one portion of it is like, uh, it's a what, once a month Zoom call with yourself yep. and other coaches and, and other participants. Uh, what, what else is on there? Yeah, so essentially this, the strength matrix is, I through Instagram and um, even meeting people at tournaments and things, I get a lot of questions about, how we train with the AM crew, the training footage that I'm posting up with uh, my guys in the gym and kind of how we're structuring training. And the strength matrix is essentially the virtual version of that. So when you sign up for the strength matrix, it's, it is a monthly membership. You're going to get access to all the different training programs we have to offer, but you're also Mm -hmm. plugged into the community, which I, I think is arguably the most important part. Sometimes it's difficult to be the only jujitsu athlete that is at the gym mm-hmm. that you train at the 24 or mm-hmm. CalFit, wherever you're going mm-hmm. and not really have the same level of support in the gym that you get when you're at jujitsu. And I feel like I'm very blessed because I do have an awesome support system at jujitsu and right. at the gym. Um, right. But sometimes when you step off the mats to focus on strength and conditioning, sometimes you're, you're all alone. So mm-hmm. you are entered into a, a private community of bracket smashers, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. And within that community, we, we do zoom calls each and every single month, making sure that everyone's training is going well. There's time for questions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's going to be guest coaches that are going to come in or guest training partners <laughs> that I work with that I feel can add a lot of value and bring a lot of great information to the mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And all this is just making sure that it's a one-stop shop for the, all the best strength and conditioning resources for grappling athletes. And that was kind of my goal in designing the strength matrix is making sure that like, Hey, like I want to make sure that if anyone, whoever they are comes in and signs up for the strength matrix, they are going to be a better grappling athlete guaranteed. No fans or buts about it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have all the resources they need to get stronger. They're going to have all the resources they need to be in better condition. There's a huge mindset component to training and the process that uh, you go through as you're prepping to compete and compete in something as difficult as wrestling or jujitsu. So that is a big component as well. Mm. There's a private community and there's uh, zoom calls with myself and the other coaches within the strength matrix who are coming on um, over this next year. Uh, there's going to be zoom calls every month. So it's going to be a good time. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, that's uh, like I said, I already put my, put my application in. I'm going to figure I'm going to check this thing out. Um, I, I don't see any reason why not to, what, what, if I could ask what, what's the fee going to be, or what's the range of the fees? Yeah. I'm not sure when, um, when this episode is going to be uploaded, but for anyone that registers or pre-registers joins a pre-registration group, they get access to exclusive pricing just prior to when it goes live on January mm-hmm. 1st. And so their exclusive pricing will be at 1999 a month. Mm-hmm. So 
much less than a dollar a day. Mm -hmm. And then it's still going to be less than a dollar a day at $29.99 per month for anyone that signs up after it officially launches on January 1st. No, that's, that's absolutely affordable. I'm, I'm all over it. I mean, guarantee that I'll guarantee that. And it'll be up today. So it's awesome. going to be up on Perfect, uh, December 16th, 2021. I will put it up today. Uh, and we'll get Perfect. it out there. Um, anything else you want to add to it? Yeah. I mean, this has been something that I've been um, holding a little close to my chest over the past couple of months as I was mm-hmm. kind of redesigning and rethinking some things that I wanted mm-hmm. to provide mm-hmm. um, and really taking my time with making sure that any grappling athlete that comes in is getting their money's worth and beyond that, that, you know, there's mm-hmm. a famous saying, you know, under promise and over deliver. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. a big proponent of that. And I believe mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And I really just want to make sure that I can help as many grappling athletes as possible. I do um, believe that my purpose and ultimate calling in life is to set the world on fire with discipline. Mm-hmm. And with that, what a great avenue to help athletes discover that and develop discipline within themselves mm-hmm. by providing them sound strength and conditioning, providing them with sound instruction and coaching and a community of people who are like-minded and really able to understand where they're at. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's going to be so sick when uh, people start traveling to these bigger tournaments like pans or mm-hmm. worlds, or mm-hmm. maybe some of the bigger um, IBJJF opens and ADCC trials and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to meet up with all the other people in the bracket smasher community mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. able to see each other really display all the hard work that we're putting in. And ultimately, you know, one of the biggest things that I talk about is decreasing risk of injury. Right. If I can help even just every athlete that comes in, if I could help them decrease their risk of injury, even just by a little bit, mm-hmm. that is such, that is like the biggest blessing, uh, for them and for me, because mm-hmm. we all love jujitsu. We don't want to see jujitsu go anywhere. I highly mm-hmm. doubt jujitsu is going anywhere anytime mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. but we all know those training partners that love jujitsu and they don't train as often because they're so banged up and because they're so hurt. And that's probably one of the more heartbreaking aspects of the sport. Same thing with wrestling too. There's a lot mm-hmm. of wrestling coaches that are great wrestling coaches, but they can't wrestle just due to years of, um, right. Of trauma to the body. So if there's anything that I have to say about it, I want to make sure that I can help every athlete. I can win more matches and get injured less. Perfect. Yeah. Injuries suck. They're, they're horrible. They're, uh, the, they're, they're the worst dude. I, I, I hate injury. Actually, you see my eye. Oh, it's made. Oh, actually, shoot. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. We actually go. got, I got, I got a thumb punched right in my eye the other on Saturday morning last week during, during open mat. And I still, I mean, my vision is okay and it doesn't hurt, but I have like this black, like squiggly line in my vision, jumping around in my vision. And, and the other night I was driving, I was driving to train. (laughs) I was trying to train on Monday night to the Academy and it was dark. And for whatever reason, every time I turned my head to the, to the right, I got like this little flash in my eye and that's gone away now. Well, that's, okay, that's but good. it's, I saw this freaking black squiggly line in my vision and it's like, my eyes have taken the hardest hit in the last couple. I think those were actually the majority of my injuries lately. I mean, a couple of you know, knee things that have like, that happened years ago that'll pop up once in a while. I got to be careful, you know, and that's why I asked you that thing about the knee sleeve thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I bought, I haven't gotten them yet, but I bought some like high speed knee sleeve for oh know, sick compressions thing i got so i'm going to try them out but awesome. um but uh because i actually have to be careful with like i can't do the couch like a couch stretch couch what is it mm. i can't do it if i go back too far my knee will pop 
Um, oh, if I do gotcha. like, if I do like reverse Ashi at certain places or yeah. a really deep, uh, 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 knee slice, then, you know, I can, it'll, it'll, it can, you know, sometimes I'll feel it. Gotcha. Um, so I have to be really careful with that, but, um, but we'll see what goes with that. But yeah, injuries are horrible. I hate them for the, for the most part. I can work around it. Um, now mobility, how do you, do you do mobility every day? Cause I know you're a big proponent of with Kelly Startlet and, and, you know, yep. uh, you know, I have, I have his first book. It's, it's an excellent book and resource. It's a freaking textbook. In my opinion, it might as well be in a university somewhere. Um, yeah. But so do you, do you start your day off with mobility? Is that how you do it? Or do you do it? I, I definitely do mobility work every day. Uh, I don't necessarily start it, start off with mobility mm-hmm. work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, mobility has been, I mean, that's kind of what, like what started this whole thing, to be honest, was, mm-hmm. Uh, I was wrestling and I was lifting a lot and having tons of fun. And then I just kept getting injured. Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't find anything, any resource. I just couldn't find any resources that felt like I felt felt like actually worked, Mm -hmm. um, and understood the demands of my goals to be a high performance athlete. And a lot of times, you know, and, and this isn't a knock on, uh, the industry, because I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of other variables that contribute to this, but sometimes a doctor, you know, a general um, primary care physician, mm-hmm. you know, their best option in the 10 minutes that they have with you is to say, well, just stop doing whatever makes it hurt. Mm-hmm. And for guys like you and me, that's just, that's just not an option, you know, like you, unless we need to amputate today, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to go to jujitsu right yeah, after this exactly. doctor's yeah. appointment is over. Yeah, so, exactly. so I'll find a way um, to work around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once I found Kelly Charette in his first book, mm-hmm. Becoming a Supple Leopard, it really changed my mind from how I was looking at seeing an injury and looking at an injury as uh, like a source of pain and more so as a consequence of a poor movement pattern or a mobility restriction mm-hmm. or as a symptom of some other structural issue that's going on. So mm-hmm. once I started to look at the body that way, it completely blew my mind and how uh, I operated as an athlete, even the techniques that I would do, I changed my technique, how I would wrestle and do all these things. And so with that, it did take a long time for me to develop the mobility I have now with doing mobility for, you know, 20, 30 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I built that habit and came up with a good foundation of mobility, I, at least at a minimum, spend 10 minutes working on mobility every day. Sometimes I do all 10 minutes at once. Sometimes, you know, when I'm working every hour, I'll get up and do a few stretches and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But before jujitsu, I mobilize before I lift, I mobilize. And I think it's something that is uh, probably the least sexiest thing about uh, being healthy and improving performance on the map, but arguably one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for a lot of the guys that I work with at first, they didn't really understand like why we were spending 10, 20 minutes before every session rolling out on the cross balls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But now they've all started to understand and have recognized the benefits of improving position and how much better you feel right not having to worry about getting into deep knee flexion or Mm -hmm. um, external rotation of the shoulder for Kimuras or internal Mm -hmm. or external rotation in American is internal rotation with mm-hmm. Kimuras and things like that. So mobility mm-hmm. is huge. That's a big component of the strength matrix. I released an instructional earlier this year called the mobility matrix. And that's just include 
included in the strength matrix suite of training programs. So anyone that joins the program, they get mm -hmm. access to all those daily mobility routines, mm -hmm. all the entire mobi mobility exercise library. So that mm -hmm. way they can really, you know, start strong and finish strong, if you will. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, so I've seen on your, on your Instagram, you put out, like I said, you put out a ton of information. It, it's like overload sometimes for me, but it's great stuff. Um, and I see you do a lot of different things. And one thing that interests me, or I've always felt, I've always felt is probably a good strength training tool for jiu-jitsu athletes is kettlebells. And mm. I admittedly haven't done it as much as I probably should, because I just like barbell work. Um, but how do you, how do you usually put it in? Do you put it in on the Jack and Tan day on the accessory day? Do you do it as uh, part of the warm up? Uh, do you, do you consider like a Turkish get up, like more of an abdominal exercise? How do you, how do you mm. stick over it? I, so I've played around with a lot of different kettlebell stuff over the years. Um, and the main reason why I was getting into them is because uh, when I was coaching um, in the high school weight room for wrestling, they had a ton of kettlebells and only a few barbells. And mm -hmm. so it was just the demands of the job that mm -hmm. I just had to make do with using more kettlebells than using barbells. Mm -hmm. And that was a great learning experience because I was able to learn all these different ways and test all these different methods on developing speed and explosive power mm. while also developing strength while also developing conditioning all with one type of training tool so right now the way i'm currently using kettlebells is we'll just use it as a way to add load to a certain movement so we'll hold it um, when we do our bulgarian split squat sometimes we'll hold kettlebells in the goblet position when we're doing something like a walking lunge or a cossack squat I do think it's a great training tool when you start using the bottom up variations. So mm -hmm. for those that are uh, watching um, on the YouTube, but more so just listening imagine taking a kettlebell and holding the big bell part, holding that above the handle. It's really mm -hmm. unstable. It's really difficult to hold onto. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, because it's so unstable, it highlights a lot of compensations and weaknesses throughout other parts of the body. So doing something like just a basic waiter walk with a bottom up kettlebell mm -hmm. position. That's mm -hmm. really tough. So mm -hmm. depending on kind of the need of the training session, I'll mix in kettlebells as opposed to dumbbells. Um, um, I'd say the biggest fan or what makes me the biggest fan about kettlebells is that they're a great leeway point between the benefits of the Olympic lifts and maybe some of the impracticalities yeah. of using dumbbells or, um, other methods. So mm -hmm. doing things like the kettlebell clean mm -hmm. kettlebell swing and mm -hmm. the kettlebell snatch are some mm -hmm. of my favorite ways to develop explosive power. And we do mix those on dynamic effort days. Okay. We don't really mix kettlebell work in as its own max effort movement. Mm -hmm. Um, mainly because I, I, I think like sometimes you're just limited by how much you could really strain against a kettlebell because the sizing mm -hmm. isn't as precise as adding, you know, literally just five pounds to a bar. Sometimes you're making a several kilo jump. And mm -hmm. sometimes you can kind of be like, well, that's somewhere between my last warm up, And then the next jump up is just impossible. Mm -hmm. I can't even get the weight started. So, mm -hmm. um, I like to use kettlebells for a lot more of secondary exercises and accessory movements, mm -hmm. unless we're doing something like dynamic effort work, which is great because we can find the right kettlebell size for that person. They can do their kettlebell snatches really fast and explosive. Um, there's a lot of great stuff, uh, from the Phoenix suns strength and conditioning coach, Corey Schlesinger. Mm -hmm. We had him out at super training gym a couple years ago. 
Um, and he was showing us some crazy kettlebell stuff where, um, it basically like for a long time, all my dynamic effort work with kettlebells was kettlebell swing, kettlebell clean and jerk, kettlebell power clean, kettlebell snatch. Mm-hmm. And Corey has all these great variations of, of different split jumps and catches with the kettlebell passing it between hands. There is a little bit more complexity and, um, advanced nature to the movement. So that an athlete definitely does need to meet the prerequisites to be able to do stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it definitely gives you a lot more options. And because it's a kettlebell and because the handles are larger, uh, it's a lot easier to handle sometimes for some of those movements as compared to a dumbbell. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. So going back to the dynamic effort example, how would you, how would you structure kettlebell like a snatch or a clean or a swing into dynamic effort? Would you do that along with the other movement, the barbell movement? Usually not. So depending on, <coughs> depending on what kind of phase of training we're in and what the emphasis is, um, I'll have the kettlebell be the main movement or have the barbell be the main movement. Okay. And I like to still superset those things with some form of plyometric, whether right. that's a med ball throw, med ball slam, mm-hmm. or for the lower body, whether it's some sort of box jump, uh, bounding jump plyometrics things like that so one thing that i've done in the past is i've had uh, athletes do heavy kettlebell swings superset with box jumps mm-hmm. um that's you know very reminiscent of some of the old school texts talking about contrast training where you do heavy deadlifts followed by box jumps um for the upper body i'm a big fan of the kettlebell snatch it is a full body movement but mm-hmm. i do think that there is, is a lot of benefit to being able to get full extension of the arm and kind of punch that kettlebell overhead. Mm-hmm. And so some things I've done where the kettlebell snatch is very linear in nature. I'll mix that superset that with some sort of rotational exercise. So it could be, you know, hit a set of two reps of the kettlebell snatch on either arm. And then I'm going to grab the medicine ball, do a re- rotational med ball throw against mm-hmm. a wall, two to three reps per side, take about 30, 45 second rest, and then hit it again. So that way you're training both you know, uh, vertically in a linear plane up and down and also training in a transverse plane with some rotation. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I agree with you about the max effort part about the kettlebells. It's like the only thing I could think of would be like a max. Well, I guess you could do anything max effort. It just look weird. Um, but it would be like the Turkish get up, but even that it's like a whole body movement. So it's like, what are you really going to, yeah. you know, how are you going to really categorize that? So, um, I, I will say this, <clears throat> I will say this though, you may bring up a great point that anything could be max effort. Mm-hmm. I have done this before, um, as just kind of a way to like break up the monotony sometimes mm-hmm. where on, at the end of a training cycle, we've done max effort work and max effort work was just a certain exercise for reps. Yeah. Um, whether that's maximum amount of reps with mm-hmm. no time cap or mm-hmm. give them a specific time cap and so many reps they can get. We've done mm-hmm. this with, um, like, crazy variations of push-ups and just see how many push-ups you can get. Mm-hmm. We've done this with kettlebell stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, how many kettlebell swings can you get in two minutes? Mm-hmm. That's your max effort exercise for mm-hmm. the day. So mm-hmm. you, it may not look like the traditional, you know, straining through a big floor press or straining through to lock out on a deadlift mm-hmm. or something, but there are some fun max effort variations that I forgot about with kettlebells. Yeah. There's also a uh, Joe DeFranco used to put it in his West side for skinny bastards program. He had a thing where you could do like a max max amount of reps with bench press with like a set amount of weight. So you yeah, like 95, 135, 185 or 225. And you just try to get your, your max reps. Um, so that's a good way too. I think uh, it's something I need to start. I, well, I've always thought about doing it more often. I've done it in the past, but I need to do it more often. I think I, I like the idea of doing sometimes doing max effort work with like, uh, like you said, like a, as many reps as possible and rep instead of just doing a, you know, a one to five rep. Um, but usually, yeah. I, usually I stick around three reps though. 
Um, I like the three rep range. I don't know why. Nice. Um, so, and just to confirm, is Corey Lessinger? Is, Corey the, uh, Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Um, okay. I'm not even going to try to spell it. It's uh, he. If you just look up the head strength and conditioning coach for the Phoenix Suns, okay. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be your guy. Okay. He's been on a lot of great podcasts recently. He was on Table Talk uh, with Dave Tate. He was on mm-hmm. Power Athlete Radio with John mm-hmm. Wellborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he was also on uh, Phil DeRue's podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was recently, like within this month, but maybe it was earlier sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some great some great stuff with him. Awesome, awesome. Well. Uh, Consider consider me a customer. I'm gonna jump all over that when that when I get that when I get the opportunity to sign up. I'm awesome, looking forward man. to it. It could be a good uh, good program. Um, yes, sir. I will I will obviously do it. And I'm like I told you before the interview. I'm thinking about doing like like tracking my progress for three months, and then maybe I'll do like my own like breakdown of how my what my success yeah. was. You know, as a as an old geezer, um, and go from there. Yeah, that'd be great. So. Well, hey, Josh, people can reach you at on Facebook at Joshua Setledge or you're on Instagram at, at Joshua, Set, Joshua Setledge, uh, one word. And the website for the Strength Matrix is thestrengthmatrix.com. Yes, sir. Correct. Yep. And I still owe you a Batman drawing. I have tried to draw that freaking thing twice. And I almost had something the other day. And then I went crazy with the cross hatching and just effed it all up. And I hate it. So oh, no worries. Bro. I'm still You're working good. on my, You're good. I'm, I've got some, I've got some new technique down. I've been studying more of my drawing and I, okay. and I think I'm going to come out with something pretty cool. So hopefully next week okay. so I'll have some before you. Um, it might All just right. be pencil. I have like, I've got this thing where I've like, I did ink for years and I really don't like it as much. Like I like, mm. you know how you go through like just with anything in life, like even jujitsu, maybe you prefer no gi for a while or over gi or whatever. Yeah. It, it's like, even with drawing for me, like, like I did, I did it all pencil, like a Wolverine. I did a copy to David Finch drawing he did on YouTube. Okay. I just followed along and I copied it and I put it up on my Instagram. Actually, um, one of my other guests got it. Um, nice. It was, uh, Eugene, you know, Eugene uh, Sosick, who's with uh, Nick Albin, who does the Jiu-Jitsu podcast. Yeah. Uh, he has it. Oh, that's great. But, but it came out really nice. I like the way the pencil looks. So I think I'm going to start doing more pencils. You might just get a really nice pencil drawing. Um, all right. We'll go from there, but I'll get you. I'll get it to you. I, I swear Sounds to God, good, I'll, brother. I'll get it to you. So. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for coming on again, Josh. It was fun. Um, and if anybody has any questions, you want to make comments uh, or ask additional questions about programming or whatever, uh, throw them in the comment section. Uh, again, Josh, we reached it uh, on Instagram at Joshua Setledge. And uh, great resource. Take advantage of it. Awesome. Thanks, Thank you so much, Craig. Okay. This is great as always. All right. Thank you. Have a great day.